Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. And today we're going to hear a little bit of, about what's happening and, and what's going on on a day today, like Resurrection Sunday, even with this that is going on, because it happened in a very peculiar weekend. She could have gone home with the Lord any other weekend of the year, but it happened on Easter weekend. And today, on this weekend, we're celebrating what we consider is the most important date in humanity. Why is it the most important day in humanity? Because it's the day that our Lord Jesus rose from the dead. Death could not hold him down. And if we go to the story, it's found in Luke, or reading this morning, Luke 24. And we're going to be looking at verse 1 through 7. We're going to read a little bit of that account of what went on that day. Luke 24, verse 1 through 7. And it says this, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them. Clothed in dazzling robes, the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the man asked, pay attention, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. And then pay attention to this part. It says, remember what he told you back in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. That's so amazing that it says there at the end, because it says that Jesus even prophesied his own death and resurrection. You know what that means? I mean, that to me is such a proof that he is who he said he was and that he is God. Because let me tell you, I could prophesy, for example, where I'm going to go for lunch today. I could come and tell you, hey, listen, today by 3 o'clock, I'm going to be in such and such place and I'm going to be eating there. And if you go there and you find me there, you're like, hey, Pastor prophesied, man, he was going to be here. And that prophecy is completed. But you know what's to prophesy something that's going to happen when you're dead? I have no control over what's going to happen when I'm dead. I have no control how that celebration is going to look like, what people are going to say. I have no control of what happens after that. And Jesus stands up and says, you know what? I'm going to be given into the hands of sinful men. I'm going to suffer. And you know what? I'm going to die. But after three days, you know what? I'm going to resurrect. You know what that is? Talk about power. Talk about being mighty. Talk about greatness. That is amazing. Jesus was able to do that. Listen, because this is important that you understand. Resurrection is not an event. And I want you guys to understand that today. Today, we come to resurrection service, and it's an event. We come to the event of resurrection Sunday. No, resurrection is not an event. I'm here to tell you today that resurrection is a person. Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. So as we close the series that we've been doing, 
Jesus is the resurrection and the life. If you're taking notes, that's the last of the series that we've been doing on who Jesus is. And the question that I want to pose this morning for each of us in this room, each of us that are watching through that camera, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for you and me as believers? What does it mean? Because I think that this Sunday, with everything that we're going through as a spiritual family, I think it even takes on a deeper meaning. It takes on a greater meaning on this Sunday. And today, I want us to look at three things that I want you guys to consider that the resurrection of Jesus means for us. I want us to look into these three things. Number one, the grave doesn't have the final word. I don't know how many of you guys can say amen to that. The grave doesn't have the final word. A moment ago, I asked how many of you guys have had loved ones that have gone before you. And I'm sure almost everybody in this room has somebody that has died. And you're waiting to be reunited with them one day. You know, as we look at death, like Pastor Max was talking about, death is such a bully. Death is such a bully. It's such a horrible thing. I want to tell you something this morning. You and I were not made for death. You and I were not created for death. Death came into the world as a result of sin. But when you look into the face of death, when you look into somebody that has passed away, I don't know if you've noticed, it doesn't matter how much makeup they put on that person, it doesn't look like them. It doesn't look like them. When you see a body that passes away and all of a sudden it, it starts to, to, to change color, you say, we were not made for this. We were not made for death. And this morning I want to say that Jesus tasted death. Jesus tasted death. He died after hanging on the cross. For about six hours he hung on that cross. And as he hung on that cross... There was a moment that he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And Jesus passed away in that moment. And something interesting happened. There was a man that would follow Jesus around, but he was like a secret follower. You know any secret followers of Jesus? <laughs> I know a few. Secret followers of Jesus. They don't want you to know that they're in church. They won't post anything that they came here to the service today. They don't want their friends to know, hey, I came to church today, you know. And Jesus had a couple of those secret followers. And one of those followers was a name named Joseph of Arimathea. And the Bible talks about Joseph being a person that went and he wanted to bury Jesus in a proper burial. So in Luke 23, verse 52 and 53, it says this. And he went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of the rock. The Bible says that when Jesus died, Jesus was placed in a new tomb. Now this is very interesting because it doesn't matter if it's new, it doesn't matter if it's old, it's a tomb. And let me tell you something, the tomb is silent. The tomb is silent. Death is silent. All you need to do 
is go to a cemetery and walk in a cemetery and you're going to hear the silence of death. It's quiet. And in the midst of that quietness, is as, as I think about it, I see that silence is a killer. Silence kills us little by little. And if you don't think so, just talk to that wife that hasn't had her husband speak to her a meaningful word maybe in years. Talk to that child that has been desiring an affirmation from the father. And the father hasn't been there to give that son or that daughter an affirmation. That silence kills. Silence is all you hear in the tomb. It's there that hope is lost. It's there in that silence that the future becomes uncertain. And it's there in that silence of the tomb that despair sets in. You might have lived it. You might have gone through that. That's what all the disciples were living in that moment. It was the silence, the silence of Saturday. The silence of Saturday. There's words that have been spoken. He said this was going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden, all these questions and all these voices and fear starts to become louder. And anxiety starts to become louder. And anger starts to become louder. And all of a sudden, maybe depression starts to set in. You know what it is? It's the voice of death. It's the voice of death. Three days of silence. Three days of silence. But then, I want to tell you something, and I want to remind you, church, that for every silent Saturday, oh, there's a roaring Sunday coming around. For every silent Saturday, there's a roaring Sunday coming around because the Bible says that all of a sudden, the earth started to shake. And all of a sudden, the stone started to be rolled over. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just sapped the body of Jesus. And he who had been there laying those three days, all of a sudden rose up. That when the ladies got there to anoint them, he wasn't even there anymore. You know what that is? You know when somebody, you know, has taken a beating the way that Jesus took? Man, it would take me, I don't even know how long time to recover. If I fall from the stage, it will probably take me like, you know, three months to recover, you know? Imagine the beating that Jesus took. And you know what? He was out of there before they even were able to walk in. That's what happens on Sunday morning. That's what happens on Resurrection Sunday. I want to tell you that death is no match for the power of God. Death is no match for the power of God. Death was defeated there that moment. And because Jesus resurrected, I want you to pay attention. Death doesn't have the final word. And I want that to sink into your heart this morning. Death doesn't have the final word because my Jesus resurrected from the dead. And this is what the Bible says about that in 1 Corinthians 15, 23. It says, but there is an order to this resurrection. And Manny, I want you to hear this. I saw you walk in. And I want you to hear this scripture and I want you to Hold on with your heart to this. But there's an order. God is a God of order. God does everything in orderly fashion. 
In the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord moved over the face of, and then all of a sudden, he starts putting things in order. Light, night, day, and all these things. And it says here, there's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. He's the first fruits. And then all those who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. So I'm going to tell you something. If you have a family member that went before you and they died in Christ, get ready to see them again. Get ready to see them again. Oh, and I want to tell you something. They're going to come back and they're going to look a lot better than they did before. And they're going to look a lot better than you look right now because they're going to be in a glorified body. Imagine what that looks like. Imagine. Some of you guys look so good. And I look at you, I'm like, man, I wish I looked like this dude. But I don't. You know? Like, I look at Dwayne Johnson. He's like 50-something, the rock. And I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, look at this jabroni. No, anyways, look at this guy. I wish I looked like that at that age. But my muscles went from here, and they went down here. But I tell the Lord, Lord, have a good glorified body for me, please. You know that I've been serving you. You agree with me? Look, Espy's new boyfriend agrees with me as well. Brother, you just got some points with that one. Glorified body that will not taste death again. Imagine Jesus was going through walls and doors, and all of a sudden he shows up in the middle. You imagine how that is? Like, man, today I want to wake up in San Francisco. Oh, and you're there. Forget about, you know, the red-eye flight, high Evelyn, all the way to California, and all that stuff. I want to tell you, this is important that you hear. We must all, unless Jesus comes back and we're raptured, we must all taste death for a little while. I want you to understand that today. We must all taste death for a little while, but I want to tell you, it's just a little while. It's not the end. That happened because of Jesus' resurrection. I want you to consider that today. The second thing I want you to consider this morning that is very important, even for all this stuff to take place, is that if Jesus didn't resurrect, there would be no forgiveness of sins. So forget about resurrection from the dead or none of that stuff. If Jesus didn't resurrect, you and I would still be in our sins. There would be no forgiveness. So forget about having a relationship with God. Forget about going to heaven. Forget about eternity. We needed him to resurrect first. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17 through 19 makes that so clear. It says, and if Christ had not been raised, then your faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. So I want you to think about this. Because as Christians, we honor the work of the cross. But I want you to understand something today. That the work of the cross was incomplete without the resurrection. The work of the cross was an incomplete work. Something else needed to take place. Because if Jesus would have just died and not resurrected, he would have just taken a beating. But sin wouldn't have been paid for. So, resurrection had to happen. In order to validate 
that the payment for sins had been made. And this is what Romans 6.23 says about that. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Somebody needed to die. The wages, it means the payment of sin. Somebody had to pay for sin. And had to do what? And had to die. Remember that I said a moment ago that death entered the world because of what? Because of sin? Well, somebody needed to take care of that death. To say that the greatest enemy of sin, or how, how can I say this? The greatest ally of sin had been taken care of. And when Jesus resurrected, what he did is that he defeated death. Therefore, he defeated sin once and for all. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 and 57 it says this, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You and I have the victory today. I want you today, as you go out of this place, say, you know what? I am victorious through Jesus because his victory becomes your victory. His victory becomes my victory today. And on this Easter Sunday, I want to tell you that you can find forgiveness for your sins. Not through a dead Savior, but through a risen Christ. You can find forgiveness. And because of this, you can become a child of God. And in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that decision today if you've never made it before. But the last thing I want you to consider today about the resurrection, worship team, you guys could come up. Last thing I want you to consider today about the resurrection of Jesus is that if you believe in Jesus, though you die physically, it is not the end of your life. Listen to this, okay? Though you die physically, I said we all got to taste it for a little while. Is not the end of your life. One of the stories that I most love in the Bible is the story of Lazarus. You guys all know the story of Lazarus. He was Jesus' friend. And it's amazing that when they go and tell Jesus that Lazarus is sick and he's about to die, Jesus takes longer in the place that he was. In other words, he was waiting and he was making sure that by the time he got there, Lazarus was dead. And when he gets to that little village, I've been there, called Bethany. When he got there, Lazarus' sisters start to tell him, Jesus, why do you show up now? If you had been here before, my brother would not have died. But what did I say about God a second ago when I was talking about the ESP thing? God, what is it? He's never late. He's never early. He's always on time. And even though they thought Jesus was late, he wasn't late. He arrived right on time for the party. And Jesus asked this question. He goes, where have you laid him? Where have you put him to rest? And the sister immediately raises an objection. She goes, oh no, Lord, you can't go see him. We always have all these objections that we want to tell God. We want to tell God our good ideas. And she goes, you can't go in there because he's been dead already for about four days. He stinks. 
And Jesus asked again, where have you laid him? I'm not asking you where, you know, how long he's been dead, if he stinks or not. I just want to know one thing. Where have you laid him? Listen, if God asks you one question, just make sure you answer that one. Don't go around. (laughs) Where have you laid him? And there, John 11, verse 25 and 26, he tells Martha, the sister of Lazarus, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Pay attention, even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he asks, do you believe this, Martha? And I want that to sink in for a second, guys. Everybody in this room, all you guys watching through that camera, I want this to sink in. Do you believe this? Do you believe that your loved ones that have died in Christ, even though you can't see them physically, they're alive right now? I said a moment ago that whoever dies in Christ is probably more alive than all of us in this room put together. If they would add us all up, And our vitality, that person that died in Christ is more alive than all that. I want to tell you that in Christ, death is not an end. Death is a continuation to even a better life that God has prepared for us. So if you have a loved one that has gone with the Lord on this Resurrection Sunday, I want your heart to rest assured. I want your heart to rest assured that you will be reunited with them again because Jesus rose from the dead. Two stories and I close this morning. The great evangelist Billy Graham, when he was already nearing his death, said a phrase that is very famous now. I always use it every time that I'm doing a memorial service. He says, the day that you hear that Billy Graham died, Don't you believe a word of it? That day I will be more alive than I've ever been in all my life. The only thing is that I changed my address. Think about that. The day that you pass away, you just change your address. They can't find you where you were before. Oh, but you'll we'll see them again. We'll see them again. The second story I want to say. I was in a pastor's class with one of my pastors, Pastor Larry. And he was sharing with us a testimony of a lady from his church that she was a nurse. And her whole family had studied medicine. Her dad had been a head doctor at one of the top hospitals there in the Baton Rouge area. And there was a moment that this lady, the nurse, had had an accident. And she was in a coma for about a year. Didn't wake up from that coma. And the dad being one of the main doctors in the hospital, he would check in on her, make sure that everything was going the way that it needed to go. And she came back after one year being in a coma. And she told everybody that while she was in that coma, she had gone up to heaven and she had seen Jesus. And listen to this. She says that as 
she was leaving her body to go into heaven. She would see her body in the bed and she would see the nurses and the doctors all around her doing all the work. And she would just see herself leaving that body, leaving that body, but pay attention. She says that she could see exactly how the whole room was from the top. And she saw that there was a storage cabinet where they had a lot of the medical supplies and stuff like that. And on top of the storage cabinet, all the way in the back, there was a notepad, like a legal pad. That it, it, Somebody left up there. She went up. She had that encounter with Jesus. She comes back. And she tells everybody that she had seen Jesus. She had been to heaven and the people didn't want to believe her. Now, you've been in a coma. You didn't go nowhere. You've been here. And she goes, oh, no, I went to heaven. I saw Jesus. And she goes, I actually have proof for you guys that I went up there. She goes, you see that cabinet that is over there? Somebody get a ladder and look on the top, and you guys are going to find a yellow legal pad that is up there. And when they got a ladder and they went up there, the yellow legal pad was on top of that cabinet. There comes a moment where we leave this body. But leaving this body is not a bad thing. Our soul, our spirit goes to be with the Lord. And the day will be, and the day will come, when he will give us that new glorified body that I am waiting for anxiously. <laughs> and we will come back and reign for, with Jesus forever. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And today, I want to close with the scripture from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 8. Pay attention to the scripture. It says, therefore, we are always confident. My dear Manny, I want you to be confident. And I want you to walk in this confidence. We are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. And we are confident, I say, that we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. What does that say, Pastor? Well, that says that like this body, it sort of separates us from God. And right now we got to live by faith. But all those loved ones that we're talking about today, because Jesus resurrected, guess what? They're not living by faith anymore. They're not hoping like you and I are hoping today. Oh, they're enjoying the fullness of God today because Jesus rose from the dead. So today as we close, three things that I want you to consider. Three things, all you guys that are here, all you guys that are at home. Number one, the grave doesn't have the final word. Number two, if Jesus didn't resurrect, there will be no forgiveness of sins. And number three, if you believe in Jesus, even though you die physically, is not an end to your life. And the gift that he has for us is the gift of what? Is the gift of eternal life. And he has that gift for all of us in this room today. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at for a moment. And as we ponder these words in our heart, as we ponder these words in our soul, what is the Holy Spirit trying to tell you through these three points that I'm communicating with you today? What is he telling you? What does he want to tell you right there where you're at? 
take a moment and just tell him, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Talk to me right now, Holy Spirit. You don't have to live a defeated life anymore because Jesus resurrected. You don't need to go on with life without meaning because Jesus resurrected. There's a better life that he has for you through Jesus. And today, in just a moment, I'm going to give you that opportunity to come to him, to surrender to him, to give him your life in exchange for the life that he has for you. Let's go worship to him. you are the one that conquered it all. And together with you on this Resurrection Sunday, we stand undefeated. Undefeated in you, Jesus. Undefeated in you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, today for giving us a hope through the resurrection 
for giving us a hope to a new life, to a better life, to an eternal life. And today we stand here and we proclaim loud that death didn't have the final word. You have the final word, Lord. Today we declare that you're doing great things in each of our lives. You're restoring hope. You're restoring faith. You're bringing us back, Lord, into a closer relationship with you. So whoever today, Lord God, might be dealing with depression, with anger, with anxiety, Lord, touch them right now. And that the resurrection power of Jesus would manifest in their lives. And if anybody in this room today or watching through that camera has never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Right now, you can come to him and find forgiveness for your sins and take hold of this eternal life that we have through Jesus. He said the following. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm not talking to you about a religion. I'm talking to you about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Today, if you invite him into your heart, you receive forgiveness of sin and you receive eternal life. And if you want to make that decision today, I want you to make this prayer with me. Close your eyes and repeat with me, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for living a perfect life and for dying for me on the cross. Today, I celebrate Resurrection Sunday by asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God and that in you, I have eternal life. I receive that eternal life right now. And I ask you, Jesus, that you would take me by the hand into the arms of my loving Heavenly Father. And that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. And that you would let me live the life that you have for me from this moment on. Thank you, Jesus. I am now a new creation. I am now a son or daughter of God. In Christ Jesus. And we all say, Amen and Amen. Let's put our hands together, church, for the Lord this morning. Let's take a seat real quick, church. Just a few words. If anybody today made this prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you to the family of God. I want to welcome you to the unshakable hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you made this decision today, I want you to take that connect card that you're going to find in the seat pocket in front of you and take that connect card, fill it out. All right, you're going to put your information and there's an area that it says my decision today. You're going to put a check mark where it says I am committing to Christ. All right. And at the end, you see those mailboxes that are back there. You could just take that connect card. You drop it off back there. Or you could come to the welcome lounge. I'm going to be there with my wife at the end. I would love to get to know you. I would love to get to pray with you. Even put a Bible in your hands today. 
So if you made that decision today, I want to let you know it's the most important decision that you'll make in your whole life. And the Bible says that there's a party going on in heaven right now because of the decision that you made this morning in this place. Let's put our hand together for the Lord as we do that. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.